This is a Big MX podcast, brought to you by X Brand Goggles, presented by Tech One Designs, 204 Skate Shop, West Side Honda, Capital Motorsports, Golden Tire, and Trans Canada Motorsports out of Brandon, Manitoba. Motocross news from around the world. We're not experts, but we've got microphones. Check us out on the web at BigMXRadio.com. Welcome to the Big MX Podcast Show, brought to you by X-Brand Goggles, 204 Skate Shop, Trans-Canada Motorsports, Millennium Technologies, Capital Motorsports, Westside Honda, Golden Tire, 38 Ride Shop, and Roy Borton Suspension Systems. I am your host, as always, Brad Gebhardt. With me on the line, Trans-Canada Motorsports star rider, the number three of Chris Giesbrecht out in Winkler, Manitoba. How's it going there, Chris? Not too bad. Only 24 hours removed, almost to the minute, from uh, a very dominating performance that you had out in McNabb Valley Raceway in Minnedosa this weekend. Uh, we had a little bit of change of plans. You were hoping to race your, uh, basically a hometown race for you in Morden. Uh, party plans changed to go to Minnedosa. Uh, I'll start off with that that little nugget right there. Brad McNabb was able to put that race on for us. Uh, what was your mindset going into um, like a, a race weekend that was... Uh, a little bit different preparation that you uh, had anticipated for. <laughs> well, I was, I was hoping for Morden because uh, I hate driving to races. <laughs> but uh, no, we just uh, actually one of my buddies was heading out there, so we loaded up with him and uh, actually worked out pretty good. Cruised out there. I think we had probably ten, twelve bikes all on the line out there. It was pretty sweet. <laughs> Yeah, I saw that. It was uh, Team Vankler out there. Uh, quite a number of machines all lined up, ready to go. Uh, the the three machine included. Um, yeah, so how, what do you think of that track out there in Minidosa? Is that one that plays into your strength? I know you do do well there. That one I like. Um, I just I don't like the first turn because that tends to, uh, well, two years ago that yeah, I that ate it there. A problem for you. Yeah, and then practice yesterday, I ate it there again. And then second motor, I almost ate it again there. So, but other than the first turn, I love that track. <laughs> nice. Once you can get past that first turn, the rest is gravy. Yeah, then then we're good to go. <laughs> but yeah, no, I love the the high speed and the the. I got some sweet jumps down the hills and whatnot. That that I like a lot. Sweeping corners, and whatnot. That's that's where it's at. <laughs> Absolute. Now, uh, a little bit different program for you from this year compared to last year, where you uh, earned the number three. This year, you're running the uh, the only in the 450 class. You've parked the 250 uh, pretty much for good. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, um, putting away that bike and uh, committing yourself to the 450 alone. Well, I guess I'll race in the 250. I liked it. It's just. Uh keeping two bikes and every weekend you always work on two bikes getting them both ready and if at the races if one ever has issues they normally both have issues and just a big you're just frantic running around trying to get things going <laughs> but uh biggest thing was just jumping bike to bike back and forth it always takes me a little while probably three four laps till i'm used to the 450 or the 250 again by then you're kind of just meandering somewhere on the back so so you stick with one bike, it's a lot more relaxed and I've had a I've ridden four fifty since I was thirteen years old, so I'm uh definitely a four fifty rider. 
<laughs> well, you seem to really have the dot that uh, your brand new Suzuki dialed in. Um, is that something that you've benefited from from switching directly only just like sticking to the 450 is that you're able to do all of your testing, all of your preparation on one bike? So uh, that Suzuki of yours is uh, exactly how you want it to be? Yeah, for sure. It feels every time you go to the gate, you feel 100% comfy now. You're not uh, before I was always worried to. Well, I had the Cowie and the Yamaha stay handled totally opposite anyway. And then the first few laps was just, especially on the 250, was pretty much just a sketch fest. So I was always a little pretty nervous switching back and forth. So now it's, yeah, I pull up the line, you're 100% confident, you're good to go. Any mistakes are your own. <laughs> Exactly. No, it's uh, it's great to see that you've you've dedicated yourself to one machine and and that you're going forward. Why the switch from the Yamaha 450 to the Suzuki 450? Uh, Scott Harland over there at TransCanada Motorsports, uh, obviously helping you out a little bit with the bike. Uh, how much how much has he been helping you out? Um, like before the season, and uh, what do you think about that brand new RMZ? Well, yeah, it definitely helped me out with like my Cowie and the Suzuki's. Uh, hooked me up with uh, bikes and getting parts and whatnot is is pretty awesome. You deliver to the races and whatnot, that's perfect. <laughs> and uh, no, just switching bikes. I've had, I think, Yamaha for six, seven years. I just figured staring at a different front fender might be nice for a change, and it sure, uh, I think it is. Every time you go riding, it's like uh, it's exciting again. <laughs> Not the same old, same old, so... And, uh, yeah, no, I, I love it. <laughs> Motor's awesome. Handle's great. So something different, I guess. Absolute makes uh, makes a lot of sense for sure. Uh, you you definitely seem to be feeling the flow out there. Uh, able to charge those jumps a lot differently than anyone else was this last weekend. You really seem to hit a stride. What clicked for you this weekend that allowed you to basically pass people at will? There was even one section, and I believe it was in the... Uh, 450 moto I could be wrong it might have been the open a moto where you went out and around the outside of both Marcus Giesbrecht and uh, jumping Jimmy Fredrickson in basically the same section in the back of the track there yeah I don't know I <laughs> I am normally not the best passer I tend to <laughs> I tend to follow but for some reason well that moto was right after lunch and it was nice and dist on the outside and Marcus just I guess he had just pushed out, pushed me out a little bit, and he was in the main line, so I figured whatever, it's all dissed up, you can't really do anything wrong, so I just pinned her, and it, it worked out sweet. Probably wouldn't be able to duplicate that one again, but it was awesome. <laughs> No, you hooked up and you were on in the move, my friend. I couldn't believe it. I remember uh, being up there in the, the announcing booth with um, Mrs. Giesbrecht as well as Rio Stays, uh, one of the other racers that races in the uh, the open class. So it must have been the 450 race. And um, it was just, we were all, I was just laughing at how you were able to just like, it was like you hit some sort of traction back there that just like launched you around the two outside. I, those two riders and on the outside you're on the move and then completing the pass as you went into that uh the right hander at the end of that straightaway uh an excellent move putting yourself from third place to first in uh, only a matter of maybe uh a couple hundred a hundred, couple hundred yards yeah as i say i probably would not be able to duplicate that again but yeah it was it all worked out pretty good i was that whole day i guess i just felt felt pretty good other than practice but the racing felt awesome so yeah, I had a blast. <laughs> 
So how how good did it feel to go uh, one one for the first time in quite some time? I can't remember the last time we saw uh, Chris Giesbrecht uh, claim the uh, the top step of the podium in all four motos uh, in a Manitoba event. Oh, I was I was pumped. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think I've ever uh, I don't think I've ever really done that before. So yeah, I I don't really have any words to say. I was just pretty excited. <laughs> Uh, an, an awfully jovial way uh, to drive home. What's that? It, it made the made the drive home a lot better than oh, yeah. it, uh, than normal. Yeah, that, that just felt like a few minutes. That was all good to go. <laughs> right on. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, uh, so um, you you've uh, you've done pretty well so far. Obviously, Grunthal not your best performance. Uh, like you're you're still able to uh, uh, to track down some good good. Motos there as well, but uh, I think you're now uh, slid to almost. I think you, you're the you'll be the points leader in at least the 450 class. Am I correct? I haven't looked, but I think so. I hope so. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, points leader, and uh, like there was a time when you were able to claim that uh, that championship in the past, uh, and it's been eluding you for the last couple of years. Um, what have you changed in your off season preparations to get yourself ready to uh, to reclaim that title? Uh, well, not, not a whole lot. I just, last year, I think, if you ask anyone in my family, I just put way too much pressure on myself. Like any, uh, I'd always come to race single points. Like I have to do this. I have to race this guy. Got to finish here. And if I wouldn't, then I wasn't very happy. I, I didn't really have any fun at all last year. This year, it's more, don't really care about the points. Just ride, give her a different bike, different number. Just go out there, give her, and see what happens. End of the year, see where the points are at. If they're good, that's awesome. If not, well, whatever. Had fun. <laughs> Absolutely. No, it's, it's it's great to see it. I, I know you seem to be enjoying it a whole lot more. And, yeah, you, you're right. Uh, you only kept one of the numbers uh, on your bike that you were running last year. The 371 turned into just the, the big number three, looking like Mike Brown out there on a Suzuki. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a great-looking number. Um Tell me a little bit about why you decided to uh, claim your provincial number as number three, and uh, and how you plan on uh, um, executing an awesome season uh, with that number. Well, I think uh, figured to finish third overall. There's a three and three seven one. I've got a different bike, so might as well search the whole thing up. So slap the old number three on there, and hopefully, uh, hopefully we can. Uh, Finishing top three all the time, so they're <laughs> so I wear it for a reason. <laughs> but yeah, just different. And I thought number three looked cool until I realized Mike Brown's number three, so it looks just like Mike Brown. But whatever, that's the way it goes. <laughs> are you are you not a fan of Mike Brown? I guess oh, you could also him. be uh, Eli Tomac because uh, he's yeah. running the number three now. Oh, Mike Brown, I love him. Just uh, <laughs> I don't like looking like anyone else. I didn't even think about that, but I probably sold it done Fair still. <laughs> well. I can't remember anyone else that would have had three uh, three seventy one, but um, yeah. Nevertheless, uh, it's it's great to see you running that number. I think it's good for uh, Manitoba Motocross. Um, speaking of, of 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 numbers in general, uh, wouldn't you like to see uh, Marcus Giesbrecht and Michael Giesbrecht go ahead and get themselves some graphics uh, on those Kawasaki's instead of just the uh, the skinny little numbers that they're currently <laughs> running? Hey, that's just look. That that matters absolutely nothing. As long as you got a rider ability and a, a motor that's running, it doesn't matter how she looks. 
Fair sure when they come trucking well, over the jumps. Your, your, your bike looks pretty good. Uh, who hooked you up with those graphics? Uh, actually, uh, I got them done uh, a wee bit, RPM graphics. But yeah. uh, Mike Hildebrandt at the old 909 Apparel, he uh, designed them for me and uh, colors and sponsors and all that. So he helped me out a lot with that. And actually, yeah, it looks, looks pretty sweet. So, the yeah. consummate salesman, uh, Michael Hildebrand, making sure that the number three machine is looking on point. Uh, like you mentioned, you're, you're not a huge, uh, you don't put too much importance on the way the bike uh, looks. Um, would, uh, would it be fair to say that um, you, you'd run the bike no matter no matter what uh, is on the side plates? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, don't, I don't care. <laughs> right on. So, um, how does how does a, a Chris Giesbrecht get ready for uh, a, a, a pro race? Uh, like um, you, all, I've been out to your house uh, out in Winkler. You've got a beautiful track there in the back of the, the cow pasture there. And uh, so, what's your what's your practice routine like during the week? And how often, how much do do you ride? Well, normally, if weather's good, it's probably four or five days a week or so. Like, well, try to. It doesn't always. Doesn't just happen depending on work and whatnot, but yeah. every normally every time I go up, do at least two thirty-minute motos and then play around and throw some whips and fool around a bit. Or sometimes Sundays you get like all the the local. We got a lot of beginners and juniors around here, like in Ryan Felton, Sean Smith, all the little towns around here. So you mm-hmm. got like probably seventeen guys out here sometimes, and then I think you just ride all afternoon. It's awesome. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I know you, you do charge a, a couple of dollars to uh, have people ride out there, obviously, just for uh, just to cover the uh, the ga- the diesel in the uh, the tractors to operate and, and make sure that the track is in good good condition. And uh, you, you love having people out there. It's only 10 bucks, uh, if I'm correct. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we used to. Yeah. Not not charge nothing. We uh, like that was kind of our gift from the farm, I guess. The, uh, they paid for the gas and whatnot. But now since the farms we just sold the farms, so all the equipment's going. So me and my brother and my dad went together and bought our own skid steer and disker and tractor and kind of sets the racing budget back a little bit. But at least we can keep the track going. So we figured to charge ten bucks or something like that just to help out a little bit. But definitely not to make money or anything. But no, just to offset the costs of operating a beautiful facility. And you know what? It's a, it's actually a really, really nice place to go ride. If anyone's in the area whatsoever, I even drive all the way from uh, Transcona uh, to go out there and spin some motos with you guys. And it's always a good time. It's a great environment. Um, what are some of the features on your track that you've uh, developed over the year? And uh, what's your favorite, uh, what's your favorite um, feature on the track? Well, uh, it used to be incredibly tight, <laughs> but uh, we took out pretty much every other line like four or five years ago and opened it up. And now uh, we actually, just this year since we sold the farm, probably about a month ago, we disked it into the pasture now. So you have kind of a flat track section out there. That is probably my favorite part. You can blast in there and just start carving corners. It's so sweet. But... Uh, yeah, no, definitely got to come check it out. I think it's it's a lot of fun. I love it. So any ideas, let me know. I'll build whatever uh, whatever someone wants. That's all right. <laughs> Switch it up every now and then. 
Well, uh, I'm going to work on uh, being able to master a few of those jumps that I haven't quite uh, gotten in my back pocket just yet. But I do have good news for you that my uh, my Kawasaki's got full uh, full suspension work done just recently by Roy Borton Suspension, so it's it's set up for a guy of your uh, your size and speed. So next time I'm out there, I expect at least uh, at least five hard laps on the 95 machine. Don't bust the motor on the two-stroke. <laughs> there we go. I'd be alright. No, no, it's it's a beautiful place, and uh, for for ten dollars, it's well worth the drive out there. And to uh, uh, you guys, pretty much ride every day of the week, uh, and uh, very welcoming, a, a very positive place to go ride. You don't uh, don't discriminate. There's there's plenty of uh, there's some slower riders out there. There's some some pretty fast B riders out there. Even some kids on eighties and uh, some some C riders out there. So it's a whole mixed bag, and you have a lot of uh, uh, back markers to dodge while you put down your thirty minute moto. Um, <laughs> so what are, what are your plans or what are your aspirations going forward for the rest of this year? Obviously, uh, you have you've had a great start to the season uh, with some good finishes. Uh, how do you plan on keeping that going? And um, yeah, like uh, what's what are some of the goals that you've set forth for yourself? Uh, I know you mentioned that it's all for fun, but uh, obviously you 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 gotta kind of have some expectations going into each weekend. Nope. Well, yeah, my uh, I guess my goal this year was to win at least one race, so I think I've accomplished that. <laughs> okay, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty pumped on that. But biggest thing was is yeah, as yeah, I didn't enjoy it all last year really the racing part. So if I I just wanted to. Forget about the uh, the points one. If I miss a day of riding, doesn't matter. Like I was very uh, like I had to get all my motors. If I didn't, then I showed up the race. I felt like I was missing something. But like I took my bar pad timer off, so I get my brother or something to time me on the side, or or just go mm-hmm. till I can't go anymore. But I think it's a lot more fun that way. You know, always looking down and and seeing where you're at. But uh, yeah, and no, hopefully. Uh, I mean, at every pro dream, I guess, get the number one plate, but I'm trying since 2010, and I really want it, so see what that's, that's the overall goal, I guess, to get that, but biggest thing, yeah, just have no pressure and just show up if you have a good race, awesome, bad race, who cares, you still got all your buddies to ride with at home, so that's where the fun's at. <laughs> Absolutely. No, it's it's good to hear that you're having just as much fun on race day now as you are uh, having uh, fun on uh, at the race. Um, obviously, there's three Giesbrechts that run top 10 regularly in the uh, the 450 class. You've got Marcus, Michael, and yourself. Scott, your brother, uh, recovering from knee surgery. So possibly next year we could have as many as four. Oh, I, I hope he's um, back. <laughs> We'd love to have him back. Absolutely, it'd be good to have him. Uh, the uh, the one thirty eight belongs in that class, and uh, we look forward to seeing him back in there. Um, but uh, just so the for the listening, uh, there's no relation between uh, you, nope. your, the Scott and Chris, and Marcus and Michael, right? No, it's uh, me and Scott are brothers. Marcus and Michael brothers, but somewhere down the line, I guess we're related. But uh, I've never known them until we started racing together. So. I'm sure everyone thinks we're brothers, but we're cousins or something. But no, there's nothing there. Fair enough. <laughs> now, how is it to race with those guys? Like, uh, you've had quite a few battles with uh, with Marcus. Um, is it a is it a pretty spirited battle, or do the two of you guys give each other quite a bit of room? Oh, it's I love racing with him. He's never uh, like he'll he'll let you know he's there 
but like I'll never hit him. He'll never hit me. I mean, we might come together once like here and there a little bit, but not on purpose. Like I'll either make a mistake and whatnot or vice versa, but I love racing. Cause I know if he's behind me or I'm behind him, he's not going to T-bone me or, or clean me out. It'll be a clean pass and, and he's a phenomenal rider. So it's, like we can lay down the same the same lap times like even just this weekend. A couple of there, we were the same fastest lap. So it's uh, I I love riding with them. <laughs> a lot of fun. Awesome. No, it's uh, it's it's ex- excellent to see the two of you guys out there. Um, uh, obviously, uh, very competitive with each other, and not only just in terms of. Um, battling it out on the track but uh speed wise like you said you guys are basically on the exact same uh level in terms of uh your your own speed out there um you're running the number three he's got the number four uh is that your main competition going forward i don't think so like depending how this year goes i'm thinking it'll be just me and him most of the time this year i mean i grunt i guess like both firmers and penner and dehan were there but uh for like showing up to every race and like end result like points i think it'll be me and him for that so that'll be uh, i think that'll be fun like i said he's he's an awesome guy to ride with excellent now so are there do you have like you've been racing in the open a class uh which is uh brought to you by brotherhood motorsports and then there's the villain uh villain ride co 450 class any plans whatsoever to uh throw a leg over a uh, 250f or 252 stroke to triple class it for one weekend i have thought about the uh the two stroke 252 stroke is going 250 class and give her a race or two here and there but first of all i don't have one i'll have to borrow one you'd have to borrow one which uh you'd have to know someone who's willing to uh let you uh, abuse their bike for the day and uh i think i might have i might might have one person in mind that uh actually uh may have done exactly that and uh taking quite a bit of propane away from you guys last year yeah the old uh jimmy dakota's there yeah he was a he was aboard a pretty fast uh bike that day yeah i don't know about the bike but uh he he definitely has some skill He, he knows what he's doing <laughs> what was it like to uh, line up on the gate next to a guy like that last year? That was pretty sweet. Yeah, talked to him for a little bit. Yeah, I was pretty, uh, I was pretty pumped. And then I, I next. beat him to the first turn. Yeah, but he still got the whole shot. But that made my day right there. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, in the straight line, you were faster than the Ripa. Uh, yeah. he he did pull that whole shot, and I believe he had the lead. Uh, exiting the uh, the rollers at the very least every single moto. I think there was a mm-hmm. couple of times that Plett might have had him into that 180 before the rollers, but uh, he knew how to get the power to the ground. And honestly, I don't know how he was doing on that doing it on that box stock 05 252 stroke from Cowie. But uh, yeah, the kid's got skills. Yeah, he knows what's going on. That's pretty sweet. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, now it's 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 time for a commercial break. So uh, Chris, could you could you throw it to commercial for me? Yeah, it's uh, Chris Giesbrecht on a number three Trans Canada Suzuki, and you're listening to the Big MX Show. If it was baseball, his rookie card would be worth a small fortune. If it was football, every kid would be wearing his jersey. But Jeremy McGrath had other plans: to take a motorcycle and to show the world how far your dreams can take you. 
So, do you like stuff? Or possibly things? How about a huge selection of motocross and street bike gear from apparel brands like Troy Lee Designs, Alias, Icon, and power bands every single color you can think of? How about 25 years of custom suspension and motor service for a full service shop, all of which you can find at Capital Motorsports? Mention this Big MX podcast to receive a VP gas can with spout for only $40, as well as 100% off your next set of motocross tires. Just kidding, we can't back that up, but ask for about it anyway. Check out Capital Motorsports at 157 St. Anne's Road, Winnipeg, Manitoba, or call them not so toll free at 204 237 6686. Make your way down to Westside Honda Polaris and check out the brand new Honda Grom. Honda's revolutionary 125cc fuel-injected mini-moto ultimate weapon. A must-see for all motocross enthusiasts. From the Grom to the usual suspects like the CBR600RR, CRF450R, Westside Honda Polaris of Suffolk, Manitoba has you covered. Check them out on the web at westsidehonda.ca. Call toll-free at one 888 4827782 And we're back. Chris Giesbrecht on the line. Uh just day just one day removed from his double uh um moto sweep of both the, the um open class and the open or the 450A class. Excellent ride from Chris. Uh Chris um, where did this all start for you? Um, you, you're, you're a country kid, obviously you must've had mini bikes growing up. Uh, what was your first bike and how did you get, how did your dad, uh, introduce you to riding in the first place? Well, actually, uh, my cousin, Mike Hildebrandt, he, when I was probably seven, eight years old, he was racing 85s and whatnot. And, uh, we'd go to gatherings and he'd have his bike there and that was, that was my dream. I wanted one so bad. And then, but, uh, yeah, it never really happened until I think I was nine, 10 years old. But I found, uh, an old eighties XR 80. And so if I pay half of it, then, uh, he'd buy the other half. So I saved up some money and picked up the XR 80 and I could cruise around the yard. It was, that was, that was the first bike and I was so pumped. <laughs> that was the best thing ever. <laughs> Right on. So, uh, uh, how long was it before you uh, got yourself your first race bike? First race bike would have been. Whew. I guess we had yeah, the X-ray, then the TTR one twenty-five, then the TTR two fifty. Yeah, TTR two fifty. Those weren't good days. That's I don't recommend no, that bike uh, anyone. That's a that's like a sofa on the back of a. I don't even know how to explain that engine. I know a friend of mine yeah. had it when I was on 80s, and he would just rack his brain, couldn't figure out how his two, 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 225 was somehow slower than my 80. And <laughs> and he would cut the track at our local, like there was a, uh, I had cut a path in one of the fields by my house just to do some practicing. And he would cut the track just to stay on my butt. But uh, 
Uh, those were not good times. No, yeah, no, that wasn't good. But uh, yeah, then actually, after that, I bought yeah my cousin Mike his uh, '99 Wyzer 25. I think that was my first actual motocross bike. But uh, I think 2000, uh, 2004, I think, would have been my first year I raced. And first race bike, which was a 2002 426, <laughs> which Ooh. that thing was a tank. I really should not have been racing on things. But that's what we had. Yeah. <laughs> so what number did you ride with your first race? Was that the 371? No, I was 37. 37 yeah in the beginner class for the yeah. 450 yeah beginner okay. and how'd that go uh well i was so nervous i, I didn't do my last moto and uh, i mean first moto i stalled off the start and then i don't know where i placed in the second moto, i think i i kind of just rolled off and everyone took off and then i kind of went I, I was just i was so nervous <laughs> but uh i think i ended up i I don't remember how many guys are. I think I ended up fifth overall somehow, so I actually got a trophy. So, <laughs> and then the next day, like I, I can never sleep past like seven thirty, eight o'clock. But that day, I guess I was so nervous when I went to bed right when I got home. I woke up the next morning, eleven thirty. It was eleven thirty, and you must have been pretty sore, I imagine. Oh, sore! I wasn't really sore. I was just, I was so tired the whole day. I was just shaking. It was, it was terrible. <laughs> You'd worked yourself into a lather and uh, had worked up quite the quite the fatigue. That's that's incredible. I, I uh, my first race, I don't remember being uh, that nervous. I know I did uh, happen to uh, succumb to some nervous stomach issues uh, early in the morning, but uh, yeah, like uh, to to finish fifth overall on your first race day, that's incredible. Uh, uh, what do you attribute uh, that speed to? Like, um, how did you come to that type of um, ability so quickly or like was it uh, over a long period of time of of uh just just putting time on the bike oh i i have to put a lot of time on the bike if if i don't like i'm not how do i explain not the most naturally talented rider i guess if i mm. i have to ride all the time and a lot like if there's something on a track that someone's doing i i can't just go do it it takes me a little while to get it figured out and then get going i mean next time i'm back there i'll have it figured out but it takes for me a lot of i always got to ride just put a lot of time in but also a lot of i should have a lot of movies that i've watched and see what they're doing and that, that's probably helped me with the most i love watching those like bar to bars or great outdoors stuff like that a lot of uh yeah low motion <laughs> For sure, no, it's it's, uh, um, it's incredible. For sure. I know quite a few athletes who have that ability to see something, see it maybe a few times, and be able to replicate it in their own uh, uh, their own movements on the bike. Is that something that you'd say is one of your strengths? Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess it, not that I copy anyone, but you kind of see what they're doing and Just try the visualization. And, I mean, or yeah. Yeah, see what they're doing, and you can, you can you when you're watching, you can kind of feel how it's gonna be on the bike, but then you gotta go do it, which is a bit of a different story. But yeah, yeah, no, you can kind of visualize it, and then you do it if, if someone videotapes you, and you can see what you're doing and what they're doing. But uh, also, when I when I first started riding and racing, uh, my cousin Mike helped me with a lot because he he was racing for a few four years before that, so he had some pointers there and whatnot, which helped out a little bit. So that was. 
that was good to have. <laughs> Excellent. Now uh, let's uh, let's jump into a little fun segment of the the show. It's called the Tech One Designs Word Association. I don't know if you've heard any of my uh, podcasts so far, but we do di- like to uh, do a quick little rapid fire word association with uh, our uh, our guests. So uh, basically, I'm going to run down a uh, um, a list of uh, things, and uh, and you have to give me the first word that comes to your mind or the first phrase that comes to your mind uh, when I say any of these. Are you ready? I'll give her a shot. <laughs> All right, perfect. All right, we'll start off with Trey Kennard. Fast. Shife. Oh, trucking big whips. Millville. Best track in the circuit. <laughs> Worky's Pizza. Ooh, I have not had that, but I've heard it's pretty good. I love their burgers, though. Yeah, you do. Uh, flat tracking. Huh. Berm busters. Blowing out berms. Mike Hildebrand. 909 Apparel. I can sell anything. <laughs> Vankler. Stops. Vankler stops. I don't know. Just a little men in the community, I guess. <laughs> there you go. Ding Hao. Uh, I love you, Grandpa Hildebrandt. That's where that thing came from. <laughs> Video games. Uh, don't do a whole lot of that. But winter, I guess we do a little bit. <laughs> Gatorade. Myth. Water. 909 Apparel. Love it. They got, they got some sick stuff there. <laughs> 100% goggles. It's awesome. <laughs> the Great Outdoors. Best movies ever. Great Outdoors are awesome. Low German. Useless language. Everyone speaks it but me. I don't understand Andrew it. Reimer. Am I supposed to say something bad? <laughs> I don't know. You can say whatever the first thing that comes to your mind. <laughs> cool. <laughs> tool. I hope he's listening. I hope he listens to this. Oh, I'll, I'll and, make sure he listens uh, to it. And the final thing on the list is um, sharpening. Brother-in-law Jason Hildebrand, good old Pemina Sharpening. Pemina Sharpening. That's one of your right. main sponsors that help you get to the races every weekend. Yes, sir. Uh, those guys allowing you to uh, chase your dreams. Um so, who are all the the sponsors that allow you to do just that? There, uh, Chris, like uh, who helps you um, go to the track and and uh, and fund things a little bit? I know you do do a lot of it on your own dime, but uh, who does help you? Well, the last uh, last few years have been big time. My brother Scott, because he hasn't been able to be racing. So, if I'm working the weekend or something, he's loading up the trailer or getting the bikes ready to go, all that stuff. That's been excellent. That's been awesome. He's pitbulling at the races and muddy Brent phrase. Last few Scott years, Brecht is good people. Yeah, <laughs> but my buddy Brent Fraze, he's been at the last two years at lots of the races, pitboarding and always filling the bike with the gas, cleaning the foot pegs, little things like that. But uh, he's got married a few weeks ago, so I think uh, he won't be here this year. <laughs> <laughs> he's got new obligations, unfortunately. And, yeah, apparently uh, that's, that, that's all too real 
But no, who, else, then, who else helps you out? Well, parents for sure. They've uh, supplied us with a trailer, and uh, they, yeah, they do what mom and dad do. They're always pretty much always try to beat their aces and little hints here and there, like uh, topping off with fuel, which is always <laughs> good to know sometimes. <laughs> yeah, that's and, very uh, good. Yeah, but uh, yeah, those would be the main uh, the main ones, and there's. You know, uh, my brother-in-law actually, Jason, coming to Sharp, he made me a sick bar pad. That was pretty cool. Got my name on there and his name on there. It's, I wasn't expecting that, so that was pretty sweet. No doubt. But uh, Yeah, then Mike hooked me up with uh, there's 909 there, so he got him sponsoring me with uh, 100% and Troy Lee Designs. So that's, that's always a big help. That's, I love that. <laughs> Yeah, you had that brand new, uh, you had that uh, Troy Lee Designs gear that they debuted uh, this last uh, this last race at um, in Anaheim. Like they've worn it a couple of times since, but the Anaheim one race. Yeah, orange. Uh, you um, you ended up getting a set of that gear from Mike, and uh, it looked pretty good yesterday. Yeah, I love I love that stuff. It's nice, nice and bright. It's like paper thin, so it breathes pretty nice. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, what's your What's your race day routine like? Um, like, do you have a set meal plan? Do you like Do you try and get yourself? Uh, I don't imagine you get yourself hyped up too much for for with music because uh, I've never known you to get too excited about uh, uh, like do you get yourself really worked up. But uh, what is your routine, or do you have one? Mm, I don't. Not a routine. I don't eat a whole lot in race day. Just kind of whatever my mom packs. I'll. You munch on a little bit, but I'm normally too nervous to eat, so I'll just, I don't know, for practice, a little, a little bit of water, some juice or something like that, grab some grapes, and then cruise out there, and then, I don't know, just uh, see if I have enough time to motos to change out of my gear and hang around for a bit, and then, but go out there again, but don't really, yeah, I wouldn't say psych myself up at all, I just try and not think about it until... Until I'm there, otherwise I'm way too nervous. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to cool. overthink things. Um, curious to find out uh, yourself. I know you, you, you said you a lot of B riders come out and watch uh, and can come out and ride at your track. Um, what's something for a lot of the B riders that are watching right now uh, or listening right now? Uh, what is some advice you'd have for them, or what is what do you think you notice is something that they uh, they struggle with? Whew. That's a good one. Huh? I don't know. I hate. I don't like telling people what what to do. I'm not a good uh, good teacher or anything, but I know there's a. That's a good one. I know when I was in C, the biggest thing was never ever follow anyone. If you follow anyone, guarantee you're gonna crash or run into them, or you'll land on them, or they'll land on you. So I actually got uh, uh, Neil Newfell and helping him a little bit. He's a uh, 250C and he's phenomenal at that. He never follows any of you. He takes a horrible line. He is he saved himself so much time by not running into guys. It's it's awesome. He listens to everything you say. So I'm really pumped to see what uh, what he's going to be doing this year. He's so far he's he's doing awesome. So but uh, yeah, I would all I got in the C class is do not follow anyone. <laughs> Do not follow anyone. Um, as far as your own riding, he's like, uh, what uh, What do you have to work on to get to that next level? Is there something, uh, a part of your game that's not quite where you'd want it to be? Yeah, I need to get a good start one of these days. 
I am not a good starter. I no. I also don't practice starts. I probably should do a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I guess my consistently fourth or fifth off the gate doesn't matter who I'm with or what's going on. Unless I get lucky here and there a little bit, but I'm normally not the best starter. <laughs> Well, uh, I can tell you this much, my friend. You uh, you could pass at will this last uh, weekend. Uh, didn't seem to, uh, to to matter what who was in front of you, how fast they were going. Uh, you were on a mission. You're moving fast out there, and you moved towards the front and stayed that way. Uh, basically, just uh, you uh, not not to uh, throw Marcus under the bus too much or, or uh, talk ill of him, but you dropped him like a bad habit and uh, motored off to the victory. And we uh, congratulate you for it. And that's why we decided to do this podcast with you directly following uh, the your your double win performance in both classes. Yeah, well, thanks a lot. Yeah, I've never done this before. The hard finding things to say <laughs> absolutely well it's not the easiest thing in the world but hopefully we'll do a few more of these with you and uh things will come a little bit smoother um one one more question uh, that I, I just thought of for you uh if you were to um describe your personal riding style in one phrase or one sentence what would it be Ooh. uh i um... I don't know. I guess from what my dad says, other guys say, I guess it's pretty smooth, but I I don't want to make myself sound amazing or anything, but I like to think I'm pretty smooth out there. I don't make too many. Do you pride yourself on being smooth there, Chris? I smooth and consistent normally, but uh, anyway, last year, not so much, but uh, mm-hmm. last year didn't, uh, that wasn't really myself either, but uh yeah, I like to think I'm smooth and consistent, but we'll see, we'll see what happens. <laughs> right on. Well, we appreciate you taking some time with us today, uh, taking some time from changing tires uh, after uh, this last weekend's events to uh, spend a little time with the Big MX crew. And, uh, um, yeah, like it was, it's, uh, it's a great, uh, it was a great time talking to you, man. And uh, you have yourself a great rest of your week. We'll see you on Thursday. And, uh, yeah, best of luck to you in Brandon and the rounds to come. All right. Well, thanks a lot. Thank you for listening to the Big MX Podcast, brought to you by X-Brand Goggles. Be sure to check out our archive for episodes you may have missed. Check out our website at BigMXRadio.com for more content.